Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship from 4pm at North Lakes State College on the corner of Discovery Drive and Joiner Circuit. We hope you enjoy this great message from our Sunday service and come for a visit someday soon. Well, coming into today, I've been thinking a lot about the promises of God, uh, reflecting a lot about, uh, you know, I think it's one thing to have a promise from God. It's another thing to possess the promise of God. They're not the same thing. A lot of people get prophetic words or they get promises you might have gone to a conference or to a meeting and, and somebody uh, might have given you a prophetic word and you wrote it down and you folded it up and put it in a shoebox and it lived under your bed. But I have learned that the promises of God are not meant to be stored in a shoebox under your bed. No, the promises of God are meant to be actualized, to brought to fruition in our lives. And so we have got to be people that learn how to take the promises of God and see them come to fruition, that we would actually possess the promises of God. You know, God has promises over uh, every area of our lives, every area of our family, over our marriages, over our children, over our future, over our finances, over our health. The Word of God is full of God's promises. And I believe that we need to take a hold of those promises and possess those promises. Many of you would be familiar with the biblical hero, Abraham. God spoke to Abraham before he had any children. He said, I am going to make you a father of many nations. And Abraham scratching his head going, how am I going to be the father of many nations? We can't even have a baby. And they held on to the promise to see it come to pass. And they had Isaac through which all the Israelite people came to be. We saw Hannah in Scripture. She had a promise in her heart to have a baby as well. And Hannah held on to the promise until God gave her Samuel. Esther had a promise in her heart that she was to deliver the Israelites from genocide. In the midst of fear and opposition, she never let go of her promise and she saw it come to fruition and delivered all of the Israelites. Moses. Moses had a promise from God. He he had a promise from God that he was to deliver the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and lead them into the promised land. Except for the fact that Moses never saw the promise come to fruition. Yes, Moses was the great deliverer that brought the Israelites out of slavery. But Moses never got them into the promised land. It was actually Joshua who ended up leading the people of God into the promised land. Moses never stepped into the promised land. I think it's one thing to step out of slavery... It's another thing to step into prosperity. It's one thing to step out of debt. It's another thing to step into the favor and the finances of heaven. 
It's one thing to, to step out of sickness and depression. It's another thing to step into your God purpose and make your life really actually count. I think a lot of Christians live their lives playing defense. We're simply just trying to get out of our rut. We're trying to get out of our funk. We're just trying to get to neutral. But God has called us to be more than people that just go from simply slaves to free. He's called us to possess the promises that He has in store for us that we would live the abundant, overflowing life that Jesus has promised. It's one thing for Breathe Church to get out of debt $80,000. When I first took on this church, we had $80,000 of unpaid bills. I was like, surprise. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? You mean $8,000? Alan's like, no, it's, it's $80,000. You know, within six months, we had paid off the debt. Six months. And I remember thinking, okay, we got out of debt. Now what? It's one thing to get out of debt. It's a whole other thing to come into a building like this with over 400 people in attendance and step forward into the promises of God. Too many of us are content to just simply get out of the rut instead of actually going somewhere with what God has called us to do. Moses got the slaves out of slavery. Good on you, Moses. That's big. But it was Joshua who led the people into the promised land. We have got to be people. We've got to learn how to be people that move from simply having a promise to possessing that promise. It's not enough that we simply get free. We've got to learn how to advance, how to take territory, how to move forward. It's not just enough that we simply believe to start a business we mean to believe, to prosper in the midst of starting a business. It's not just enough that we believe to get married. It's that we would believe to have thriving marriages. I just believe that the life of a Christian is to be the abundant overflow life. That it's not just, oh yeah, we're just trying to stay together. We're, we're 19, nine, no, 17 years this year. 17, that's not a good thing to do felt like 29 years and um, it's not just enough to be married for 17 years you want a thriving marriage it's not just enough to believe to have a child oh, we're just praying for a child no I'm believing that my children are going to be world changers there's a very different mentality and so it's we need to apprehend the promises of God. And so I've been reflecting on Joshua and the characteristics that Joshua possessed to take the promised land. Because Moses didn't take the promised land, but Joshua possessed the promise. And so here's five traits of a promise possessor. Uh, the first trait is that you've got to get a word from God. You've got to get a word in your spirit. Um, the Israelites, from the very beginning, they had a promise from God to be numerous in the land. God spoke it to Abraham. I'm going to make you greater than the number of sand on the earth. Now, the Israelites endured a number of horrible seasons. Slavery, 
wandering around in the wilderness. They, they backslid, they grumbled and complained. But they ne- always knew and always held on to the fact that they were the people of God, the people of promise. They knew that their Father in heaven had spoken over them that they were to be people of promise. They had a word from God and they never let that word go. God has spoken a word of promise over every one of us. It's in this Bible. So many people have come to me over the years and said, Oh, James, God doesn't talk to me like he talks to you. He doesn't speak to me audibly. I said, to be honest with you, I've been journeying with the Lord now for for 20 years, and, and, and God's never spoken to me audibly, ever, not once. But God has spoken to me time and time and time again in His Word. And His Word is His promise to me. And so I have learned that every area of my life that doesn't look like the promises of God is being held back from me possessing all that God has from my life. John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life abundant or life overflowing. I am called to live in the abundant overflow of my life, which means that any place in my life that is not abundant overflowing is not living up to the promises of God, which means I need to possess those promises. I love how Paul puts it. He puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has already prepared for those who love him. God has already prepared in the heavens all the things, all the promises that he has for our lives. We have to possess those promises. I have to take that territory by faith. And so we have a word from God. Some of us have a word from God to start a business. Some of us have a word from God to to study. Some of us have a word from God to start a family. I remember when God spoke to me about marrying Paula. I had heaps of options. There was girls everywhere. Everywhere I went, they just kept coming up to me. I said, no, you're not the one. No, not the one. No, oh, no. Just girls just kept coming. I just had it everywhere. But then I saw Paula. And God spoke to me. And I had a word. And I wanted to possess that promise. When God speaks to you, you know what you're supposed to go after. The second thing that Joshua had was Joshua had faith. He had faith. You know that Moses led the people of God out of Egypt, out of slavery. And and it wasn't that long until Moses gets up to the edge of the promised land. They actually went pretty promptly to the promised land. And as they come to the edge of the promised land, Moses gets 12 of his best. He says, all right, guys, I want you to go into the land and tell me what you think. And so 12 of his best go into the promised land and they spy it out and they come back and most of them have a pretty similar report. Gee, it's going to be hard. There's giants in the land. There's fortified cities in the land. And 10 of them said, no, 
let's not do it. Let, let's, let's actually step back. Yeah, we know that that's our promised land, but fear gripped their hearts and caused them to retreat from the promises of God. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, actually said, no, Moses, come on. Let's step into the promises of God. Let's go into the things that God has for us. Yeah, the giants are big. Yeah, the fortified cities are going to be a challenge. But God is with us. We have a word. Let's possess the promise. And so leader Moses is sitting here going, gee, I've got 10 of my best who've told me no. And I've got two of my best who've told me yes. And Moses chose to listen to the voice of fear. I have found that every word that God has given me often coincides with opposition and fear. Every time I have an opportunity in front of me, fear wants to oppose me. I'll never forget when I got the text message about this building. One of my great friends, Ben, um, was flicking through the real estate companies uh, as he was. He goes, James, there's a great building in North Lakes and sends me this building via text message. I text back straight away, sorry, mate, not interested. He texts back, you didn't even open it, did you? I text back, nah, we're not in a position. He texts back, open the link. So I did. I opened the link. And as I opened it, I began to see that this building would be perfect. And, and I was trying not to get my hopes up but as you kept scrolling, I saw the price of this building. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, you can do this. This is not out of your, your, your reach. And I was like, what? How are we going to pull this off? The first time I heard about this building, I said no. And he pressed me. Good friends will press you when you need to step out. And, and so... We started to take the steps of faith. I went to Alan Gibson about this building. And Alan goes, oh, yeah, I know that building. I was like, oh, how do you know that building? He goes, seven years ago, a team of ours from Life Church, that was our former name, went and spied out this exact building. They came and they walked around these rooms in this building under this roof with these walls. They got right up to the edge of promise. But it was all too hard. The, the giants in the land were too much. The, 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 op the opposition was just too much. And, and they decided to retreat back from the promised land. You know that this church could have possibly had a building seven years ago if we were willing to look the danger in the eyes and step into it by faith anyway. I, I tell you this story because opportunity and a God promise, a word from God, has to be taken. It has to be possessed. It doesn't just fall into your lap. So many people have passive faith. They sit down on the, on the faith couch and they just, they just wait for God to do things. But God doesn't just do magic. God does miracles, and miracles always involve men and women activating faith and stepping into promise. They don't just happen. We've got to step into it. I believe that faith is where I put into action the word 
that God has given me. Faith is the place where I proactively test God's theories. And I believe for things to come into fruition in my life. The third thing that Joshua had was was he took action. Faith must go hand in hand with action. Passive faith will get you nowhere. We must be proactive about stepping into the promises of God. If you remember, when Moses was running away from the Egyptians and they came to the Red Sea, Moses got to stretch out his staff and the waters parted and they walked across. It didn't work like that for Joshua. No, when they came up to the Jordan River and they needed to cross the Jordan to go into the promised land, God gave them very clear instructions. You need to get into the water. You can't just stand on the bank and wave your rod around. You actually have to get into the water. And so the Bible tells us that as Joshua and his men proceeded to get into the Jordan River, that the river parted and they walked on dry land into the promised land. There is something about taking a step of faith and stepping forward into the promised land. It wasn't until they got in that it opened up. You will never buy the house if you don't go and see the bank. You will never get married if you don't ask her out. You will never start a business if you don't create an action plan. You will never get a building if you don't start trying to raise the funds earlier. I've had a number of my friends call me up and say, James, how did you get that building? And I go, well, I just went to the building store and picked one out. (laughs) You know, this is a building tree out the back. I just, I'll have that one. No, no, I will never forget in 2018, in our first year, In our first six months, Pastor Mike, you would know you were freaking out with me as we were doing this. We had paid off all the debt in the first six months. And I was like, Mike, we're going to hold a a building offering. And Mike's like, you've been here six months. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, let's do it. And so I told the church, we're going to hold a building offering. And and truthfully, a number of well-meaning people said to me, James, we've heard all this before. We've been in this church for a long time. We've seen your type. They, they, they said things to me that really told me that they were filled with disappointment. They were discouraged. They had pressed out before but had not seen it come to fruition. There was even a little bit of cynicism in their voice. And I'll be honest, I understand that. Because when you step out and you reach out and it doesn't happen, it's discouraging. But I remember telling Pastor Mike and the team, and and we were talking it over as a team, and we said, I think we need to stretch out anyway. And and I'm, I'm so blown away. The response was unbelievable that we have, in the meantime, been able to raise the funds to, to see this happen. It's unbelievable. After having action, Joshua number four had resolve. He had resilience. He had grit. He did not quit. He didn't give up. He never quit. I believe that too many people miss out on the promises of God because they quit too early. You quit before you lose the weight. 
You quit before your marriage sees the breakthrough. You quit before you graduate. How many more people would have degrees on this earth if they finished what they started at university? We quit. And I've learned that too many people quit when they're tired. In my life, I have learned that I need to not quit when I'm tired. I've learned to quit when I'm finished. I quit when I'm finished. I learned that when I'm tired, I need to rest. But, but, when, but, but when I'm, when I'm, I quit when I'm finished. I believe that we need to, to not be so quick just to pull the plug. We quit on things all the time. Um, Liz Logan is one of the great leaders in our church, incredible worship leader, great friend of, of ours. And, and Liz... Um, has recently got a boyfriend. And I'll be honest with you, I think he's pretty awesome. And I've got high expectations for Liz, so it couldn't just be any old turkey. I grilled him when I first met him, like grilled him. And because um, I'm like, Liz, you've been waiting 39 years. Don't, don't marry some dropkick. And, and a couple of years ago, I remember having conversations with Liz about the disappointment about the discouragement. Uh, when you're 39, it's inevitable that many of your friends are already married, already having children, starting families. And it would be easy to allow disappointment and discouragement to get into your heart. And I would be honest and say Liz has had some down days, but there has always been faith in her heart that God knew the promise that he had for her. To be honest with you, I reckon this, this new bloke, he's not here today, he's got the flu. Uh, Liz, if you have the flu tomorrow, I'll know why. <laughs> I reckon this new bloke could, could be the fulfillment of the promise. We don't, we're not there yet, but we're, we're figuring it out. Well, when I say we, it's not really me. <laughs> I'm inserting myself into their relationship. I'm not invited. <laughs> But I, I think that Liz has, there, there's a reason that she leads the way she, there's a resilience and a fire in her belly that holds the, and, and I believe we have promises. God's promised things over our lives. And when you don't see it happen, it's easy to get so discouraged and so down on, we've got to fight the urge to quit and give up. And we've got to keep pressing in. Here's the last one. Joshua knew how to sacrifice. He knew how to sacrifice. The Israelites had to apprehend the promises of God. It was uncomfortable going up against those 31 kings. It was uncomfortable pressing into the promised land. Some people died on the journey. They didn't have homes. They lived in tents in the desert. They wandered around nomadically. I'm sure that there would have been times where they would have been wondering, do we even really have a promise? Like, is this, are you sure that this is what God told us to do? To be honest with you, over the last six months, I have wondered that. Somebody said to me once, you know, are you really excited about getting your church opened? I was like, mate, we haven't even started. And then, no, 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 I know. But when it gets opened, I said, to be honest with you, I don't have enough faith for it to be opened. I just have enough faith to do today. I just have enough faith to do today. 
When we first started talking about this, we were actually talking about opening the doors with chairs, no carpet, no curtains, just no aircon, just, we'll just get in. And, and to be honest with you, as we have just taken the next step and the next step and the next step, God has unfolded before our very eyes all that you see here today. I believe that there is something to be said about sacrifice. We are in this building because people have sacrificed. I think that, that, that Randall Wilson, I think, worked something like 10 straight weekends. So Randall and, and Peter Fulcher and a couple, Josh Hyde, they did all the building, but then they, they would work Monday to Friday and then on Saturday and Sunday come and sacrifice. I started this Facebook chat group called Wives of Missing Husbands because the missing husbands were here working in the building all the time. And the sacrifice was unbelievable. We've been able to raise over $270,000. Can I share with you something that's kind of vulnerable for us? Of that $270,000, Paula and I, we, we gave $18,000 over the last two years. I tell you that because when my buddies call me up and say, James, how did you get your building? I didn't go to the building tree and just pick one off. No, no, Paula and I have sacrificed. Do you know that my children have never been to the United States? They've never gone to Grandpa's house. They've never seen Nana Beth's house before. Uh, they've only met my sister one time. They've never been to the United States. Do you know that I could take my whole family to the United States twice for the $18,000 that we've put into this church? I tell you this to say, Nobody is more in than we are. And we have what we have because of God's faithfulness and our sacrifice. If you want to have the promises of God possessed in your life, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. But when you sacrifice, when you are willing to, to, to restrain yourself to see the goal fulfilled, oh, it's so worth it. We had a promise for children. We got four. Oh, God, it's expensive. The sacrifice for children. I could have a motorcycle every year for the price that I spend on school fees. But we sacrifice for the well-being of the things that we, we want. We want to see our children flourish. I know that God has put promises in your heart. I believe that. I believe that God has already stirred things in your heart. Things that you've wondered about. You wonder, is that my flesh? And the answer is no. It's, it's probably not your flesh. It's probably a God dream that you haven't allowed to nurture. I think we need to give ourselves permission to go after things. It's not just enough that we get free. We need to believe to possess. I'm a big believer in spiritual covering. I believe that spiritual covering is very important. Pastor Kevin touched on this in the offering message before. I believe that as go the senior pastors, so goes the church. And as goes the church, so go the people. 
Now, we know that that's true because the, the church isn't a building. The people of God are, are the church. In 2019, which was last year, Paula and I got our miracle house. We, we were able to buy the house that we lived in. If you've been to a newcomer's dinner, we bought that house. We, we did it from a position. We were in debt about 50 grand. We now have $100,000 of equity in our own house. 12 months later. We've had a $150,000 turnaround in our personal lives. In 2019, the Hensleys, we got our miracle house. In 2020, Church Unlimited got their miracle house. We're standing here. We're, well, you're sitting. I'm standing. Do you know that I've had seven to ten people in our church come to me recently saying, we are on the cusp of buying a house. We're on, we're on the bubble. Like, one guy came to me and said, last month I was $10,000 in debt. We have had such a turnaround in our finances that we have $20,000 in the bank and we are ready to pull the trigger on a house. Another couple came to me and said, James, we've signed the, 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 the documents, the contracts to build a house. I believe that as goes the pastors, so goes the church, so goes the people. Now, the opposite is also true. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but I've been a pastor now for 20 years and I've seen pastors fall apart. I've seen pastors have, uh, have affairs. And it's amazing how the affair of the pastor flows down and people in the church start to have affairs. And it's a spiritual thing. I believe that there is blessing on this house. I believe that we are on the verge of breakthrough and stepping into something unbelievable. But you need to understand it's not just for the Hensleys and not just for the corporate. I'm believing this over your life as well. I'm believing we're going to have miracle babies born in the next 12 months. I'm believing that we're going to see businesses birthed in the next 12 months. I'm believing that we're going to see houses purchased in the next 12 months. I'm believing that people are going to be set free. Sons and daughters are going to come home and be worshiping in this house in the next 12. Right, family. In Jesus' name, we believe over your family. I am believing right now for the breakthrough power of heaven to bring us out of the muck and into possessing the promises of God. Amen? Stand to your feet. Let's lift our hands to heaven just for a moment. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, your word says that you have already prepared these promises. You have already prepared the blessings. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us in our, in our discouragement. Some of, I, I, right now, I just sense that there is discouragement in this room. And I break it off in the name of Jesus. You're discouraged about your spouse. You're discouraged about your performance at work. You're discouraged about an idea that you had that you thought, yeah, that was a God thing, but it never came to fruition. God says it's still His. He's got it. You're discouraged about not having a baby. You're discouraged about, about your financial position. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we just surrender 
every disappointment. We surrender every discouragement. And we shake off every weapon that has been formed against us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you go before us, creating new roads in the wilderness and new rivers in the desert. We receive your promises by faith. Lord, I thank you right now for miracle ideas. Downloading strategy. Downloading Holy Spirit. It's not just enough to have an idea. God's going to start to download the blueprints. He's going to start to show you how you're going to possess your promise. And you're going to start to take steps of faith. Right now, we loose that in this place. We loose it in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. And we give you the praise and the glory. Because it's not about our glory. It's about you. Lord, we ask you that you would come and have your way in our lives. Turn us into promise possessors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there's one more thing I want to do before we conclude. So I want to provide people an opportunity to get things right with God. I'm aware that there are all different kinds of people here today. Maybe you're here because you're a A sold out Christian. You love God and Church Unlimited is your church. That's great. Maybe you're here today and you got invited by a friend. Church really isn't your thing. You're just kind of doing your buddy a favor by coming along with them. Can I say this? Wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, there needs to come a point where your story intersects with Jesus. I was living my own life, doing my own thing, chasing my own trivial pursuits. Fighting off all the women that were chasing after me. And I had a moment in a meeting like this where I I realized that I couldn't be in control of my own life. I knew that I needed to surrender my life to Jesus And I needed to receive his forgiveness and his grace. And I needed to stop living the James life. And I needed to start living the God life. And I wonder if there are people here today. And you've been living the self life. But God's calling you home. He's calling you into his family tonight. I don't think you need a preacher to tell you where you're at with God. I think you actually know in your own heart where you stand with God And so I'm asking tonight, who needs to do business with God? Maybe we could just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. Get honest with God in the secret place of your own heart. Holy Spirit, speak to us. If we're not in right alignment, God, I ask you that you would start to show us. Maybe you're here tonight and you know that you need to do business with God. I'd like to provide you that opportunity right here and right now. The way that we do things here at Church Unlimited is we pray a prayer together. And by praying this powerful but simple prayer, we start the journey of faith. If that's you and you need to start your journey of faith, or maybe it's been a long time since you and God have been right. You need to restart your journey of faith. If that's you and you want to be included in this prayer, would you just give me a little wave? I'll see your hand and then you can put it back down again. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I just want... Who needs to pray tonight? Who needs to do business with God? Don't miss this opportunity. God is not angry with you, friend. He wants to to meet you and show you 
the new life that he's got in store for you. Is there anybody this afternoon? One last time before we conclude, just give me a little wave. I'd love to pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you, but we don't want to let this moment pass us by. Awesome. Awesome. Father, I thank you that you are good and you are faithful. Your love transcends all of our wrongs. Your love, it's greater than all of our mistakes and our shortcomings. God, right now, I'll just speak your blessing over every person this week. I thank you that as you lead us, your Holy Spirit goes before us, showing us the path, showing us the promise, and and inspiring us to step out and apprehend those promises. I speak your blessing over every person here tonight. And we just stop and say thank you for this amazing miracle in our great new facility. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed in the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you join us for Sunday worship.